Before we start today's episode, I wanted to make a little bit of an announcement before we get into the intro and everything. Ampred and I were unable to make it to the studio this week. That being said, you're going to be getting a little bit of two mini reviews about certain games. He's going to be covering the new Star Wars game that came out for PC and consoles, and I'm going to be covering Pokemon Sword and Shield. Of course, if you want to keep up anything Zero's Game Room ZGR, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Zero's Game Room or email us at Zero's Game Room at gmail.com. Until then, subscribe, hit the five stars, rate us top, share us everywhere that you can, and we enjoy your continued support. Thank you. Now loading. Zero's Game Room. Welcome to Zero's Game Room, where all things gaming takes place. Interviews, discussions, and the latest gaming news. So take a seat, get comfortable, adjust your headset, because it's game time. Here's your host, Zero. Hello, my name is Zombrid, and this is my short review of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. First off, I have to say that I experienced this game based on PC. I had a Ryzen 2700X along with a GTX 1070 Ti. From my understanding, there wasn't any big crashes on either PC or console, so I had the opportunity to play relatively to mid to high settings at 1440p. I love this game, but it has some issues. Graphics, oh my god. Graphics, they look like a god. (laughs) They're really amazing. No, really. The developers at Respawn Entertainment made this game look beautiful. You had green grassy areas interwoven with small wildlife on Bogano to the red desert land filled with dead corpses and necromancy lives on Dathmir. All the lore and small details on the planets have so much life. And the sound. I mean, this this game is worth its money alone for graphics and sound. But I mean, the sound, the sound design is amazing. Granted, Respawn, you know, Respawn Entertainment, the ones who made uh, Jedi Fallen Order, has access to the sound effects library, the music scores, but still, they made the world come alive with many different, uh, with many different sounds. First, you're able to visit five planets. There's more areas to visit, but I don't want to spoil anything. With amazing foley to the environment, the enemies, the allies have great background dialogue to make things feel surreal. Tons of throwback liners, references to the prequel movies, but. But before we talk about Saber Combat, let's talk about customizations. There are some collectibles in the game to unlock new skins for BD, the cute little robot. And so every time that you need health, you're just like, yeah, BD, give me a stick. <laughs> um, you also have Cal's poncho and gear, which is kind of lame, to be honest, because sometimes you have to go through difficult parts. And sometimes when you have find these cool new things that are very hidden, it's just another shade of gray or brown or green and it's it kind of feels like the same palette like for call of duty ish to where some things feel like really hard to see and it's not that you know colorful except for like a pink poncho but i couldn't even find where that's at but it's really not that great in terms of customizations um oh you also have new components for your lightsaber which feels like your own visual aesthetics like you can build your own lightsaber different colors different parts and that I, I gotta commend Respawn. They look really damn cool at the times. And even when there's small details, you can actually see them when you're fighting different characters. So it's not that hard to 
it's not that hard for you to pick a certain uh, component and think, ah, oh, that's just a small detail. No, they actually, you can actually see the lightsaber and you can actually see it, you know, if it's it's big enough, the details are big enough for you to see, oh, okay. If I add this into the lightsaber, I'm gonna see it for a long time. And if you like customization on your lightsaber, it's dope. I personally like it. It's a really, really good idea. And you also get different paint jobs for your ship on the Mantis. Personally, I like the black color. Uh, Mantis is the, um, the ship you go around with to different planets, so you're gonna be seeing it a lot from here and there. And you can't really customize the inside per, t per se, but you can customize a lot of the uh, outside and the paint job and stuff. So the combat takes inspiration from Dark Souls. Whoa! But being able to use a difficulty slider though, so you can't hinder the the hinder your experience with the game. If you're stuck on a certain uh, hard part, the game makes you think about how to tackle different situations. Being able to kill certain enemies with your lightsaber, the force, environment kills, and projectiles that the enemies will will shoot at you. Uh, sometimes you'll get hit with a blaster and you can deflect it off to hit an enemy from far away. Sometimes they'll shoot rocket launchers and you're just, if you're good enough, you'll be able to catch it on time and then throw it back at them, which feels amazing. And then sometimes there's a Gatling gun and you're just, you're, you just gotta block. Gotta blah, 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 blah. Um, one of my biggest gripes with the game is the stun lock. So do when, uh, due to when Cal gets stunned by an enemy, he doesn't get that instability, uh, instability, uh, frame to uh, recover from the hit that you just took. But what happens is that when you don't, you get blown to smithereens by whatever enemy that you're getting hit. So meaning if an enemy has a cycle of the animations to hit you and you get bump fumbled on the first frame, well, you're, you're pretty much toast, man, because pertaining to the certain higher difficulties, you will get hit hard and you'll be able to die relatively quickly and sometimes it feels like a cheap death uh granted you do have rolls and dashes to avoid the moves but for me i had a hard time getting the timing down because some moves feel like you should roll earlier than usual sometimes they like a hitbox to where you dashing away does feel the last minute is an issue i i don't know what's weird i mean that was my experience maybe others can attest to that part um another big thing is that don't feel afraid to change the difficulty meter. Um, I was playing on the higher difficulty, trying to fight certain enemies, feeling like that was the correct way to play. And sometimes these enemies, they do the cheap shots and they do just stupid things to where like that shouldn't have worked. Ah, why does this stupid little bug take like four hits when I have the powerfulest weapon in the galaxy? So I feel personally, if you ever get to that point where I did, don't feel ashamed to put it to the story mode difficulty or to the easiest, which Personally, it's the best experience to play that mode off of because you feel like a powerful Jedi. You feel like your lightsaber has weight and can slice through things very easily. So I feel like if you want to enjoy the game and then, you know, play, play through it, you know, have a good time with it. And then once you're done, gain that replayability by playing on the higher difficulties and it's it'll make such a better experience. The characters are awesome. I, I love what Respawn did. So there's Cal, the guy that you control most of the game, is a young Padawan that survives Order 66, trying to escape the sisterhood. While while he's maturing in the situation that he's in, from you know surviving to having a family, and he's going to the situation to where he's running away and he's just by himself with one of his best buds, to now he's just run away and he has to become a mature Jedi, learning certain moves. Facing his past, what the situations that he has burdened to become upon by being a Jedi. So 
it's awesome to see how he's maturing into an actual young adult and having that responsibility and gaining relationships and building trust with the crew on the ship. There's Sarah, a Jedi who also, you know, saves Cal from certain situations, who survived Order 66 and is kind of a role model to Cal. Um, you can see her go through her problems as well with the Force. Uh, Grease, I, I think that's how you say it, right? The most handsome boy in the galaxy, my boy. Taking his uh, looks after Danny. Daddy, Danny DeVito. Uh, he's your captain on the ship, but also being the bridge to some comedic laughter and being the guy that you just can't get enough. Some guy that you just can't get enough. And sometimes he does play a father moments and he says, hey, Cal, like, you know, calm down. Don't, don't get too high, Steve. Like... He just brings down the tone to where sometimes characters might act like how you would and you know when you have a fight with your parent or you feel like the world's gonna end in your in your bubble but someone says hey man calm down it's all good like we're here for a good time and let's let's go pass on the journey let's go let's stay on track let's get through it and they truly bring some special moments here and you know this game um this game makes you wish the game was longer in a lot of aspects my only negative gripes with the game is that again i wish the game was longer maybe more worlds maybe more character development with later characters that you meet at the end of the you know your long journey uh you know when writing the script i wasn't sure to whether either is that a bad point that i wanted more or was just wanted more character development or is that me just wanting for respawn studios to you know Give me more of the game that they're able to create. You know, that experience of a good, good, you know, Star Wars game. <laughs> Battle for... <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to talk about other EA Star Wars games because they suck. And for me, I really, really loved how Respawn was able to carry this baby, you know. Actually respect the franchise and give us that single player experience. In total, I want to say it took me about 16 hours to complete in total. And that's with some of the uh some of the problems I might have, some of the roadblocks with some puzzles and, you know, some of the difficulty spikes that I had with the bosses cuz you go from mowing down enemies to sometimes you can kind of hit them in there and you have to take a while to, you know, methodically go about your combat to bosses that just just one shot you or stun lock you and you're like damn it so that was 16 hours in total and that's also oh yeah that's also with mild exploration to find the collectibles that you get either on water or you know just plain hidden inside or accessing secret areas so yeah there's no doubt the world is creative it's compact on these planets so you're not going through a big open area hoping to find something but it's actually really good and they crafted they crafted short little worlds and it just works there's always something to look at there's always something to explore and it gives you mini maps and they show you maps and how different level like first level second level and just there's sometimes you got to go up in the sky or down underground and they make maps com comparatively easy to read sometimes you might get a uh, uh uh intimidated by how big the maps are or how big uh, or how complex and compact they are but once you play the game you kind of you know build your own map inside your head and you say oh, okay that you know that's not so bad it's it's relatively easy and sometimes it's easy to just get lost and just explore the world that this game has to offer with a lot of hidden secrets and it's just awesome it's just awesome but if I had to say, if you're a fan of the franchise, if you're a fan of Star Wars, the prequel movies, and everything like that, I would definitely say go buy the game. It's about $60. If it's on sale, you know what? It's it's not a bad game for $60. Bucks. It's not a bad game. If it's on sale and you haven't really played the franchise, it's not really beginner-friendly. It shows you some of the Order 66 and shows you some new stuff that should happen, but... 
you should kind of already have a familiar familiarization with Star Wars. And if this is your first time, just wait for it on sale, maybe 30 bucks, 20 bucks. That would be a steal for me. If I had to give it a score right now, right here, right now, I would give it an 8 out of 10. So Onbred gave a really good review on Star Wars, but with me, you're going to have Pokemon Sword and Shield. What's there to say about Pokemon Sword and Shield other than the fact that this game definitely blew my expectations out of the water? Me going into this game, I can wholeheartedly admit I was not on the side of this Pokemon game being any type of good. From the start, from the trailers, everything that we were seeing, the infamous tree that looked terrible, from the infamous, according to the internet, JPEGs of Wingle, floating around in the wild area. Yeah, this game wasn't looking good, okay? But it definitely turned a new leaf once I actually got my hands on this game. And I kind of want to start off by saying I actually ended up having Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah, I originally bought Pokemon Shield thinking I was going to do a Let's Play and I'm going to do a shameless plug of my YouTube channel. Zero in on Alex on YouTube. That is zero in on Alex on YouTube. And I'm still going through the game. It's actually near the tail end of that Let's Play, but I've been enjoying it so much. So much. This Let's Play, honestly, has probably been one of my favorites in the longest of times. Because this game was very, and I mean very, hard to put down there were so many things to like about this game that i didn't necessarily think i was going to go in and be like this game's going to be great now i do want to reference that near the tail end before its release the podcast episode that we released i was saying that well maybe this game will be decent i don't expect this game to be amazing i don't want to expect this game to be stellar but i hope i can at least get some enjoyment out of this game and boy did i get that wish i got plenty of enjoyment. Now some people might argue, well, you probably set the bar so low that of course this game blew your expectations out of the water. No. This game has a lot of things going great for it. Honestly, and this might be a hard pill to swallow for some people, but again, this is the beauty of the internet. This is the beauty of having an opinion is that we can agree to disagree. But my opinion is honestly, this has to be probably my second favorite Pokemon game ever. I know. Let that sink in. Second, only beating out Pokemon Soul Silver because, in my opinion, Pokemon Soul Silver is the best Pokemon game that exists. Another bold statement. I feel like it's a little more favored, though, because Heart Gold and Soul Silver tend to be loved by many because it's a remake of Gen 2, but with all the Gen 1 through 4 Pokemon. You can visit Kanto and go through all that, and you have your little Pokemon falling behind you. But I still think, because I have the fondest memories with Soul Silver. I still think it's the best. But Pokemon Sword and Shield should not be taken lightly as a terrible game. No, this game does a lot of things right. Yes, we do not have a national dex. It sucks. But we have 400 Pokemon. That's a little bit, probably a little less than half. Which honestly, I'm kind of happy with. Because it makes it a little more manageable. And I really do believe it helps bring in people, you know. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu helped bring people who are on the borderline of wanting to play a Pokemon game. And once they wanted more, here's a game that doesn't have too many Pokemon. Yes, it has a lot. And you're going to see some old, you're going to see some new. But you're going to enjoy it. And don't let a weak story, and I know I'm, I'm the biggest person to be like story is everything, but don't let a crappy story, in my opinion, and a subpar graphical looks 
yeah, subpar graphics, deteriorate from the fact that this game has a lot of things going for it in terms of game design and catching Pokemon. I have never been so excited to catch Pokemon in my life than in this game because the game designs of these Pokemon are amazing. Just take the three starter Pokemon, Grookey, Scorbunny, and Sobble. Probably, in my opinion, the best Pokemon starters ever, design-wise at least. You know, I love the Gen 1s, but there was always an each different generation of a Pokemon that I just wasn't the biggest fan of. Like, I was never the fan of Bulbasaur. I wasn't the biggest fan of Chikorita. I wasn't the biggest fan of Mudkip. I wasn't the biggest fan of any Pokemon other than Chinchar. And the list goes on and on. But with this game, I definitely enjoyed every single one, and I wanted to do every single one. I wanted to pick up every single starter and use them at some point. Unfortunately, you can only take one. That being said, I did go out and buy Pokemon Sword. Why? Well, while doing my Let's Play of Pokemon Shield, again, zero in on Alex is my shameless plug of my YouTube channel, I didn't want to put it down. While these videos were editing and rendering, you know, well, I edited them, and while they were rendering, they used to take longer, but I have a new PC, but that's a story for another time, I would want to keep playing, and I couldn't because of the Let's Play. So I decided to pick up Pokemon Sword. And the beauty of that is that I could still continue doing the Let's Play of Pokemon Shield and use new Pokemon, but in Pokemon Sword, I can then avoid the Pokemon that I've already done in Shield and choose new ones to experience new Pokemon. And this game, while yes, it doesn't have the best story, I think it has great music. I think it has some pretty decent gym leaders and the Pokemon, oh my god. Gosh, the new designs of new Pokemon. Rookity, just on the first route, you get all these different kinds of Pokemon throughout the game that you just want to experiment with. You want to try. And don't even get me started on the fact that the Pokemon that they chose to bring back are fantastic. I genuinely think there's no Pokemon, unless I actually sit down and think, man, I really wish I had a Suicune. There's not that many Pokemon that I'm sitting there thinking, I wish these guys were here. Yes, it does suck, especially once you get to the post game. This game is not long. It's not long at all. You could probably do this within a day. If you dedicate your time, you could probably knock it out in like, I don't know, 11 to 15 hours. But if you want to catch them all, all 400, it might take you a little longer, especially with exclusives. But this game had my teeth just sunk into it. I did not want to put it down. I did not want to stop. There was no reason to. The final evolutions of Scorbunny, probably my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, Cinderace. Easily my best favorite new design. I love Corviknight. I love Sobble's Inteleon. I, I, I forgot the name of Grookey's last final evolution, but it's great. Everything this game has going for it is a lot better than we expected. Breeding. Eevee and Ivy training. Well, it's mostly Eevee training, but to get a competitively viable Pokemon has become the easiest, the easiest in this game. And honestly, when it comes down to it, I feel that this game focuses more, a little bit, on the post-game stuff more than the actual game. The game gets you through it, gives you a little bit of story, gives you a little bit of fun, gets you to know the Galar region. But in the post-season, or the post-game, you know, when you get to the part where you can create competitively viable Pokemon and all that, makes it very simple. There's not, honestly, the post-game itself, the story, mission-wise, kind of dull in my opinion. But other than that, it really becomes a game of your own. Breeding, IV checking, Battle Tower, all this stuff becomes simple. 
again, I'm praising this game, but it has many a flaws. If you're somebody who wants to look at a game that's pretty, go somewhere else. It is a pretty game. It's the first, you know, 3D home console Pokemon game. I think they did a good job, though. I don't think this game is terrible in any sense of the mean. You, the world is your oyster when you beat the game. And probably the biggest attraction is the max raid battles and Gigantamax Pokemon. Dynamaxing is fun, which Dynamaxing is the whole thing where your Pokemon grows really big, but Gigantamax, only certain Pokemon can Gigantamax. Every Pokemon, other than like legendaries, can Dynamax, get big. But Gigantamax Pokemon goes to certain Pokemon that you can only catch in the max raid battles who gain a different form when they Dynamax. Max raid battles with friends are so much fun. Oh my gosh, I remember doing my first one with a listener of this podcast, Cow's Crazy. He's actually been on the show before. Probably the first episode of ZGR. Go check it out. It was so much fun to have somebody else together fighting this giant Pokemon who could take two to three turns and probably obliterate us if we were not prepared. And yeah, it will. But it's so much fun to hunt for these Pokemon. The post-game stuff. I honestly kind of want to say that Dynamaxing and Max Raid Battles were the core of this game, were the most fun you'll have with friends than the actual game itself. But that being said, this game blew my expectations. Like I said, it's my second favorite Pokemon game, and I will continue to play this, hopefully stream it sometime soon. But with this being said, Ompred rated his game 8 out of 10. I'm going to give Pokemon, I'd either say an 8 out of 10 or an 8.5 out of 10. It's a great game. You're going to get lots of fun out of this if you invest your time into trying to catch them all and get all the goodies and all that. It's not a perfect game, but it is a lot better than what it could have been. So with that, I'm going to sit with my final score at an 8.5 out of 10. That's all the time we have today for ZGR. I hope you guys enjoyed this little bit. I know it was a little weird, different format, but again, we weren't on the, we were unfortunately unable to meet into the studio this week, mostly because we were out into Micro Center in Southern California because I had built a new PC. He is my partner in crime when it comes to this podcast. He will forever be my co-host until, you know, who knows what might happen with ZGR. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, share it, wherever you're listening to it let us know on twitter at zeros game room but until next time the doors for this episode of zgr are officially closed